You found us. Welcome to the Holminster Podcast, a church in the centre of Hull. Your place to worship, enjoy, explore and to belong. If you'd like more information in how you can get involved, visit our website at www.hullminster.org. Thanks very much, Dan. Um, I thought it was better to be down here, I think, to be able to see people a bit uh, face-to-face. My name's Frank White. Um, I worship regularly here, uh, especially on a Sunday morning at 11.15, and occasionally come at 6.30, uh, and even uh, more occasionally come at 9.30, but it's lovely to be here this evening and to be doing some anticipatory work on uh, the uh, great theme, the great season of Advent. Uh, so let's pray and ask God to inspire us and guide us and help us to get really into this in, in really important part of the life of the church. Creator Spirit, Rekindle in us your gifts of grace, renew our life in Christ, and bring to completion all that your calling has begun, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now you're going to need those um, passages of scripture in front of you. If anybody hasn't got one would like one, there's a spare one here. Um, one or two other spares about. And um, I wanted to take these passages of scripture seriously. If you're able to be here next Sunday, you'll hear these words read again. Uh, they're the, uh, the readings for, the, uh, for Advent Sunday. Uh, and we'll hear them, as I say, next Sunday morning at the services here in church. I want to ask you a question. I wonder whether you've started... Uh, or when you will start thinking about your New Year resolutions. You might think, well, the last week in December, possibly. Um, uh, Well, if we do that, we'll be about four weeks too late uh, because the Christian church reckons the year begins uh, on Advent Sunday, 2nd of December. So there's yet another opportunity for you to have presents given uh, if you have presents at New Year on other occasions. So there we go. Uh, 1,500 years ago, the church was beginning to see that Advent uh, was actually the moment at which the whole story uh, began, if you like, or that it needed to be reckoned uh, from Advent Sunday. If you were here this morning, uh, Irene was mentioning that in her sermon, reminding us about the beginning of the Christian year. And the Advent season... Uh, is an opportunity for us to look forward. Uh, And because God has done what he has done for us in Christ, we are always called to be looking on, forward. The background is terribly important, but we're actually uh, a people who are looking to the future. Uh, Just as we have that lovely picture of Dave uh, on the the screen uh, at the beginning of the service, he was always somebody I found who was looking forward, anticipating what it was that God was going to do with him. He and Val, great examples of the faith. We're looking forward to the culmination of all things. Uh, We are uh, seeing the completion of the work and the purposes of God. Uh, We are a people who are anchored in hope uh, above all things. Uh, We are rooted and grounded in Christ uh, and will be caught up with him when the whole thing is wrapped up. 
Um, and it's, Advent is about, therefore, is about the end times. Uh, the recognition that this world is finite. It's very important insight, I think, because I think so many people, particularly I think which this has emerged out of kind of evolutionary psychology and philosophy, uh, believe that the world will keep going on. But actually, the scriptures teach us uh, that there will be a wrapping up uh, of the, the story of the world uh, and that there will be, in that wrapping up, uh, uh, also um, a reckoning. Advent means to come or about coming. Uh, and it's the season in which we pray that Jesus Christ will hasten his return. It's a great prayers the end of 1 Corinthians and at the end of the book of Revelation. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. He who has already found us is uh, coming to claim his own. Uh, and therefore, it's a time of great hope and great opportunity for us. Now, the Advent hope precedes the Christmas fulfillment uh, Eve mentioned at the beginning that, uh, that, that Advent is, as it were, um, looking forward to Christmas. It's doing that, but it's also looking way beyond Christmas. Uh, it's a time when we, if you like, stand on the top of the mountain and see the whole picture spread out before us. Um, and uh, it, it, the, the, the season, which is four Sundays, uh, starting next Sunday, uh, deliberately roots us in the whole of the revelation of God. So uh, we start uh, with the patriarchs. We think about uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of the great figures of the Old Testament, Moses and all of those. Uh, then the prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, and so on. Uh, then the third week, we think about John the Baptist, the immediate pre runner, precursor of Jesus. And then on the fourth week, on, uh, just before Christmas itself, we think about the Blessed Virgin Mary. All of those are vital in terms of our knowledge of God's incredible work in Christ. They're, if you like, paint, uh, drawing out the bigger picture for us to be working in. And one of the great things about the Christian faith is that there's always a bigger picture to be seen. Uh, so often I think we get I'll speak for myself, get bogged down, if you like, in the detail or in the immediate or in the struggles of today. Uh, and Christian faith is always bringing us right up to have a look at the bigger picture. You might be pleased to hear that's true about Brexit as it's about anything else, uh, that we're called to see God's bigger purposes, greater purposes, rather than just getting bogged down in the details. And those details will all be relativized by the great truth of the coming of Jesus when everything will be gathered up into him. So, Advent invites us to embrace the whole work of God uh, that, as we heard in the Gospel today, to see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. I don't know whether you're looking forward to that. Um, there are moments, I think, when I do look forward to it, and, I, and my knees knock a little bit, actually, just in the thought that this extraordinary event will take place. We may, we may see it, we may not, uh, but, but that it will 
take place. The Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Well, that particular theme takes us straight into the Old Testament and to that reading that we've got from Jeremiah. Uh, because the word, the, the idea of the Son of Man, uh, is something which comes in the book of Daniel. Uh, and we heard, again, we heard that this morning in our, reading, uh, in our readings. The majestic figure who will come to the Ancient of Days uh, and who will bring hope of future liberation for the people of God. Uh, that idea of the Son of Man, that name of the Son of Man, it comes from Daniel. And Daniel is actually looking right the way back to the book of Genesis uh, in, in terms of the way he's thinking about what's going on. And Daniel shares with Jeremiah and with Ezekiel uh, the, uh, the, 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 the understanding of, the, of, of, of apocalyptic, of looking forward uh, uh, to see the revealing of the end things. Uh, people talk about apocalyptic uh, events, um, and, uh, which is a kind of a, a secular way uh, that we think in the church uh, of looking right forward into the bringing, the wrapping up of the great story uh, of humanity. Uh, and of course, that reminds me to say that the Old Testament is a crucial part of our faith. We can't really um, grow as God wants us to grow if we simply read the New Testament. Uh, the uh, Three quarters of the Bible is written as what we call the Old Testament. Uh, and there's a tremendous amount for us uh, to learn from that and to be able to, as it were, to, to give us a proper focus on Jesus uh, and on into the future. So let's have a look at that Jeremiah passage. Uh, the prophet is writing at a time when the whole Israel project has fallen apart. He's writing at the time of the exile. Jerusalem has been sacked. It's a city which has been in, ru which is in ruins. Its people have been taken off to Babylon, uh, uh, present-day Iraq, uh, and their king and uh, their, lead their king and leader has been humiliated. Jeremiah's writing at a time of utter despair, of, of absolute dejection. And this is the great truth about Scripture, is that it speaks into the worst place with a word of hope. And that great passage that, David, uh, that Dan read for us, uh, which uh, comes in Jeremiah 33, just a few verses, and yet speaks to us about the hope that God invests uh, in his righteous branch. That's uh, the Son of Man that we've been thinking about coming from Daniel. Uh, that in that place, God's purposes will yet be fulfilled. We are a people of hope. Uh, you know, we have a future and a hope. Uh, and despite, in whatever the state of the world, whatever the state of the church, whatever the state of our own hearts, uh, there is yet hope for us uh, as we uh, hear of the righteous branch emerging in this place of utter desolation, of utter despair. And it's important to uh, recognize uh, what that righteous branch, that son of man, that person who is 
our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ will do. He will bring about justice and righteousness. That's a really important concept. It's in slightly different than the translation you've got. He will do what is just and right in the land, but that's the same basic idea. So uh, the Old Testament, uh, uh, much of it um, is wrestling with the sinfulness of the people of God uh, and the oppression of those around, uh, is still bringing great, great insights and great hope uh, in the life of the people. So let's hop on to Luke's Gospel, the last last of the readings that Dan read for us. Um, And Luke's Gospel, as the other Gospels, but particularly Luke, takes up that end times fulfillment, that theme of fulfillment at the end. We see it running through the Old Testament right the way through the Gospels and right the way through to the very end of the book of Revelation that we haven't got a reading from tonight. But if you've read any of this material, either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, you will realize that there is an absolutely bewildering array of images of ideas, of themes, of genres that are uh, around as we study uh, the understanding of the end times. Uh, in, that, just the, in that chapter, in Luke 21, uh, there's a great passage about the betrayal, arrest, and trial of disciples. Uh, there is uh, a story before this passage that we have read here about the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, And then we have in the passage here in verse 33, heaven and earth passing away. And uh, verse 27, the coming of the Son of Man in a cloud of power and great glory. Cataclysmic events, which will for everybody mean that the day will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. It's one of those strange paradoxes in the passage as well, if you, were, uh, if you may have spotted it as we were reading it. Um, we are called to, have the, to pray that we might have strength to escape all of these things, and yet, in verse 28, to stand up and raise your heads, for your redemption is drawing near. There's a plethora of images, sometimes quite difficult to connect and reconcile with each other. And yet the Bible is full of them. I mean, there are loads more that we haven't even touched on here tonight. Absolutely loads of them about uh, the millennium, about the, uh, the thousand years, um, uh, about the, 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 the destruction uh, of the world, about uh, great stories in the book of Revelation. Uh, a terrific number of different kinds of images which come as we think about uh, the wrapping up of all things in Christ. I was pondering on this uh, because over the last week, um, I've been boarding out uh, our loft uh, and laying a floor on the joists above the ceiling. Uh, If you were to come to look at this wonderful creation by this bodger, uh, you would see that there was quite a patchwork Uh, of boards filling an irregular space uh, and uh, nothing in parallel lines uh, that you might be able to see. And I was thinking that the end times are rather like that. If you are looking for straight lines and for logical connections 
from Old Testament through into the New, across the New Testament, into the book of Revelation, uh, you'll find them that they're hard to find because the images absolutely pile on top of each other in all kinds of ways. But like my patchwork uh, loft floor, they make up a solid base on which you can put plenty of weight. And that's what we're given in the the Advent stories, is a real anchorage, a real base on which to continue to live out our lives of faith. In the face of the end of the world, we're called to live lives which are fully dedicated and honor Jesus Christ. The very last words, uh, I think, well, just the, the last paragraph, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day, that great day, that should be a capital D really, that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Luke is trying to say to us, uh, uh, live lives which are um, uh, irradiated with the light of Christ. Nearly finished. Uh, there's a lot to be think to think about about Advent. Let's go on to that third passage, or this, the middle one here, one Thessalonians three, uh, ver- three verses nine to thirteen. Uh, and here, as I've been saying about Luke and elsewhere in the Bible, you've got yet another image, which is piling in on top of the others. Uh, the, the very uh, last verse, there, verse thirteen, uh, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Now that's not been mentioned before, that Jesus will come back with the saints. So be, it won't just be the, the, the coming of Jesus himself in the extraordinary majesty that that will be, but you and I and all of those who've gone before us will be caught up in the same, in that great, on that great occasion. So Paul adds yet another level, if you like, to the story Jesus will not be alone when he comes again, and neither are we to be alone in, a, in an individualistic discipleship. We're called together to be a people of God together. May the Lord Jesus, uh, says St. Paul, make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all. Uh, we are called to be a people together, and uh, that is the, the, uh, our life together is to be a demonstration of the character of the kingdom of God. Well, the importance of the end time stories, of which we only had a very small amount out of a very large canvas tonight, uh, is not for me in their detail, uh, nor is it in decoding visions and images. Just reading a book today, uh, the last few days, about the book of Revelation, uh, which is which is an attempt by somebody to decode uh, the whole of the book of Revelation. Well, I was utterly boggled. I could not get my mind around it. Couldn't get my mind around the detail, never mind some of the visions. And lots of people have attempted that over the years. Maybe some of us here have tried to wrestle with that, and important that it is. But I don't think the, the significance of Advent, of the coming of our Lord Jesus, is in this decoding of the vision. Well, it isn't for me. Uh, it is in living the life that Jesus has both called us to live 
and empowered us to achieve. We were saying, thinking about that in the prayers a wee bit earlier on in the service. Uh, a life of genuine love for one another and for all, which fulfills that Old Testament vision in Jeremiah to live embracing justice and righteousness. It's a life as much uh, lived in the world as in the church, and important, important for us to live out our lives faithfully, because that's the thing which will make a difference to others. So in the end, it's about growing to be like the one who was foreseen in the lives and stories of the patriarchs and the prophets, uh, who was signposted by John the Baptist and born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the one who we will see coming with power and great glory and will take us to be with him uh, in the glorious kingdom of our God and Father. And as the writer of the book of Revelation and St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, even so, come, Lord Jesus. We're called to pray for his coming because that will bring hope in the midst uh, of the destruction of that which is around us. And so I want to finish with, a, with the, the, the prayer, the collect for Advent Sunday because it sums up in so many ways what it is that we are called to pray in these days as we look forward with Christ uh, to the fulfillment of God's purposes. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to us in great humility, that on the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to one of our sermons. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, then follow us on social media or visit our website, www.holminster.org.